Rory P. Brooks, good morning. <laughs> Hi, Jeff. How are you this morning? Yeah, I'm really good. I've, yeah, started my new job this week. Happy days. Um, administering the sale of cakes to the people of East London. <laughs> Glorious. That's what the, it's what the people need. It is exactly what the people need. Um, yeah, how are you? How's your week been? Yeah, good, good. Uh, Weather is lovely, so that's always helpful. Uh, I'm actually coming to the end of my current uh, role and I have a gap for like three months. So I'm trying to sculpt something wonderful to fit in between. Maybe you can like fully embrace your artistic practice. Potentially. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? I feel like doing something completely different, like maybe working on a boat in the Mediterranean or, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Is this another segue into um below deck how do you brought it up uh, i feel that i've learned a lot of skills <laughs> that i could actually begin to apply <laughs> to your life from watching below deck yeah yeah yeah, yeah see i'm watching the wrong reality tv <laughs> i'm just watching you know real housewives of beverly hills and learning how to best throw a drink in someone's face i mean that could come in helpful at some point so everything everything is learning everything is learning exactly oh i love that <laughs> You're a real guru. <laughs> I know, who knew? Who knew? <laughs> I've just been keeping all this wisdom in me for so long. You're leaning into the healing powers of Rory and Jeff. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's <laughs> going to be great. <laughs> so we left last week, I believe, as we ran to, to jump on public transport to go to London Gallery Weekend. And now we're going to chat about how, I suppose, the day unfolded and how our thoughts unfolded mm-hmm. throughout the week about what we saw. There is a good quote from uh, the art newspaper. Just like buses, you wait ages for an exhibition and then 100 come along at once. 140. 140 come along at once. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Very true. So, yeah, so London Gallery Weekend was set up during lockdown mm-hmm. by two people who are called... <laughs> Jeremy Epstein and Joe Stella Sawicka. It was it's a bit bigger than that, as I think I mentioned last week. You remember during the beginning of lockdown and quarantine, the London galleries really all pulled together, and it was a proper like feel good story. It was the equivalent of you know cat gets stuck in a tree that you'd get on like a local news station. All the art outlets were like, look how amazing it is. The London galleries have really formed a network, and. Um, Sadie Coles was sort of widely credited as being the person who really pulled everyone together and put them in a huge WhatsApp group. And it was everyone from, you know, Hauser to the little galleries and sharing resources, sharing updates, uh, plans of action, which is a really incredible thing. Like it was able to, to really get people involved. Yeah, and that sort of has continued in a way, uh, sort of bringing, bringing all the London galleries together. And that's what really birthed, from my understanding, the London Gallery Weekend. I was listening to one of the coordinators talking about it. It seems that it was very much like they wanted to do it. They were looking for a good time to do it. it came to the consensus that now would be good because it sort of coincides with Basel Art Weekend. It's a suitable distance away from Freeze, which is happening later on this year in person. Two gallerists really took the the lead on it. 
the J- Jeremy Epstein from Adela Zanti in Mayfair and Joe Salasawicka from Goodman Gallery. It's their first year and they've really put in a lot of resources. They've really worked on the marketing. I think you mentioned they have a podcast, lots of things. They they were sort of charging entry fees anywhere between 300 and 3,000 pounds, depending on the size of the gallery. Wait, wait, so galleries had to pay to be a part of? No, I didn't know yeah. that. Oh, that's interesting. But like I say, super affordable, like 300 pounds if it's one of the smaller galleries. Yeah. And then all the way up to only three grand. To me, it does actually feel like not a very fair sliding scale. I mean, a gallery like White Cube or Harrison Worth could drop much more yeah. than three grand and really have supported the others. But yeah, considerably cheaper than like an art fair, obviously. It's interesting, yeah, that they decided to do that because some of them, I suppose, didn't need to do that and didn't need to... Um, and like say, do you know where Maureen Paley, Mother's Tank Station, mm-hmm. and what's the other gallery? Um, yeah, yeah, that little row. There's two. Yeah, but they kind of had their own thing going. So even if one of them did it, the rest of them kind of could have walked off the back of that. Or, yeah. Well, I suppose maybe it's about community, though, and it's about supporting exactly. the wider scope, which is very nice. Yeah, I mean, but, yeah, I didn't know that you had to pay. As we talked about last week when we were talking about COVID, particularly with Marion Banani's work, like, the community is such a great thing to have come out of it so yeah yeah absolutely and maybe this is kind of like the foundation for something really important going forward which is which is good i really hope so Um, i hope it comes back yeah absolutely so yeah so it was split up into three sections south east and central and we decided to do east because rory hates the south and (laughs) we go to central london quite a lot so we decided Let's give East a go. Yeah, and I think East London has a really particular gallery scene, a very interesting gallery scene um, that really started sort of in the late noughties, following like the financial crash. There was suddenly such a boom in East London where these sort of things that had been manifesting for the for the previous sort of decade or two throughout the 90s was then suddenly able to afford spaces yes and uh and you know i was just gonna say some of them spaces are very difficult to find yeah but <laughs> things like things like chisholm hill and viner street were all able yeah. to to really pop up and take advantage of a, a bit of a mess which is quite poetic because mm-hmm. that's sort of what happened here as well people taking advantage of a bit of a mess <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely where should we start with this um i have I'm up to my eyes in press releases here. <laughs> I also have the internet at my disposal, so I'm ready to... Oh, you're like a veritable news anchor. Yeah. You've got your desk <laughs> full of things. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Um, so maybe actually, we, should we talk about the... So there was... Uh, we did this scoring thing at the end um, of all of the galleries just to kind of get like a, a sense of where we were all at. So there was four of us who took part in the scoring process yeah and we went on this lovely long route that you can see here we've got a very very advanced map (laughs) (laughs) uh it served its purpose yeah i don't think there's any (laughs) well we didn't make it to the last two at the end we sort of stopped around haggiston So we kind of did like what four clusters or something was it ish four or five yeah uh, we started at Carlos Ishikawa oh yes 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 yeah 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 
um, which um, took us ages to find. <laughs> yes, because it's, it's like in a car or not a car yeah. park, like a I don't know what, like, like a, an industrial, yeah, like a minor industrial estate, road. yeah, 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 with no signage. Yeah, it was very difficult to find. And like at one point, we thought we had to walk through Deliveroo Sushi, <laughs> We're like, a ghost kitchen is what they're called. Oh, yeah. So, so there's just like these warehouses with like loads of different kitchens in them that are just churning out the food. Yeah. So yeah, so we thought at one point that Carlos Ishikawa was in one of these. <laughs> I, and then we thought it was a um. What did we think it was a uh like a like a vintage clothing shop? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was like yeah, in another one of these industrial kind of places. Um, but we we thought that might have been an installation work. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't. It was a real gallery. Yeah, we persevered. Actually, I think Jacob saved us. Um, and as he always does. <laughs> yeah. I, it was a very odd start to the day, like between having to find it and then finding it like down the back of this industrial estate with no signage and then walking into like this beautifully presented white space gallery. Yeah, it was perfect. Yeah. It was like textbook was, gallery. Like it was a bit of a through the looking glass experience. Yeah, I don't know if you want to talk about the work that was there. I actually have. So we got this little, uh, oh, yeah. I, I don't, like, um, so there was like two exhibitions on. One was kind of photography and the other one was like these kind of wall hangings. Embroidery pieces. Very, very different exhibitions that to me did not make much sense. Uh, I think the photography side of it was very nice. Um, mm. But just the whole kind of thing together, I was just a bit kind of, frazzled by it just wasn't very interesting i mean i'm just looking at our sort of scorecard and it did get a weighted it it got a weighted average because our fourth member wasn't there to see it it got a weighted average of about 20 which isn't that bad in the grand scheme of things i mean i think the lowest scoring gallery got a four so so just to say yeah so the way that we did it we scored it out of 10 so each of us gave a scoring out of 10 so i suppose the maximum you can get is 40 and, mm-hmm. and I think the highest, there was three that got exactly 27.5. Yeah, that's right. This one got 20, you said. So that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah the, the photographs were really nice. They were. And they were, and they were shot in a way, it was kind of like... Um, well, they're photographs of like piles of photographs. Yeah. It was cute. It, it didn't do much for me, I'll be honest. Uh, I thought it was nice. It did look nice. It was great. They were like, you could hang them, hang them in your house. I wouldn't. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, overall, I'm not really sure what was going on. Do you want to talk about like the lowest scorers okay, and so... what they did wrong? And then we can move up to the high scorers. Okay, great. So the lowest, I think, was Hales. The lowest was Hales Gallery. Just so bad. So was... boring. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Painfully boring. Yeah. Um, and it just, I think it was trying so hard as well. Like, <clears throat> Like when you get into the gallery, you walk down this long corridor. It's kind of like it reminded me a bit of a nightclub in a way. And yeah. then you come into like this kind of like almost like holy place because it's just <laughs> like so well lit, so kind of everything. And then the work is just like Yeah, hard. just these big square boring canvases with like patterns on them. Yeah, that that kind of alludes <laughs> to the idea of art, I think. It's like, do you know they kind of it just reminded me of something probably like you get an Ikea or something that it like ticks enough boxes to kind of be passable as art or what you think art should be. 
Yeah, it's what you'd see in like a Woody Allen film if they went to a gallery. Yeah, it just, it just wasn't the one really. And I think the reason I gave it such a low score was just boring presentation, uninspired work. If it was, you know, Freeze, I'd expect to see something like that, but not at something like like a London gal, like like a new exciting venture where you can really do something. It just felt just really, yeah, uninteresting, uninspired. Um, as, as we had similar issues with Herald Street. There were three works on display at Herald Street, and they were just all completely different and very yeah. dull. Very nice. Yeah, so they had like this big painting that I think we put on Instagram, or maybe it was about, like our personal Instagram, but yeah. Yeah, uh, the big cute painting. Yeah. I didn't mind, lots of texture. And then like this like sculpture in the middle and then like a big hat on the wall. It would, again, it's so boring. Why would you do that? Why would you, I mean, right. I'm going to throw you a complete hypothetical here. If you were given the chance, if you had a gallery. Yeah. And you got to take part in this really exciting first iteration of like a big event. Mm -hmm. What sort of show would you want to put on? Bearing in mind that we're in the middle of like quite a financially precarious time. Yeah. I'm just, yeah, I'm just trying to think about why they did that. Like, because yeah, obviously you want to do something exciting, you want to do something fresh, you want to do, you know, something like there's a space to like experiment in a way. Mm. And they didn't do that. They kind of almost like it seems like that they did it on purpose in a way to it's almost like anti experiment experimental or anti kind of progressive or something it's like they took three swings so you have like the painting sculpture and then another wall hanging they're three mm. different pieces they're three yeah like very different types of work and i don't know if they were just kind of like well look we don't have to do like a show like everyone else is doing we can just have this as like an opportunity to chat with our customers or i don't know but it's just to me, that feels so... I mean, I said before, you know, Hales, that sort of show would be great at Freeze. But then you look at some of the things that some of the galleries do at Freeze. You look at what House and Birds do at Freeze. You look at what Pilacarias do at Freeze. They take the opportunity to be absolutely wild and make a statement and be the gallery that people remember. Uh, do you remember the House and Birds show that was just the, the white, room where everything in it was was like white mm -hmm. uh and I think of the Stephen Friedman show from I think two years ago where they had they put a scrim on the roof they had uh incense they had sandal over the floor the Pilar Carias booth with the balloons yeah, yeah I would want to take an opportunity like this to do something so fun because the big collectors I don't know if you're going to get them I don't know if they're going to be traveling in yeah yeah I'd want this to just be fun and celebratory. Yeah. And this just wasn't. But do you think that that was the point for them, that they don't have to do that? So they're just kind of like, well, whatever. I don't know what the point for them was. <laughs> well, it felt like they'd sort of been forced to participate. Like, they're like, fine, we'll do it. See what we've got. Like, and I don't get why you do that. But, I mean, you did love their hand sanitizer. I, I remember you enjoying that. It was, it was a dispenser. The hand sanitizer dispenser was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. You know, let's sandwich it, you know, positive and negative. And yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Oh God. Um, all right. <laughs> I mean, what I'm getting here is like the the work. There were quite a few galleries who felt like they weren't interested, and and to me that feels. It just feels like a wasted opportunity. We we then gave Emmeline a seven. Yeah. So I think I gave the highest score there with uh, 4.5 <laughs> um, out of 10. I, I kind of like the work. Please explain why. So it was these paintings in very big concrete frames, mm-hmm. very bulky, very heavy to me. Uh, they felt very preoccupied in, with form over anything else. Uh, but not just sort of for me, but like to the detriment of the actual aesthetic. Yeah, so I'm just trying to open it up here so I can um, have a look. It's Al- Alvero uh, Barrington. I liked the idea of it. You know, I thought it was, I thought that they were interesting. What I don't like, what kind of annoys me about it is, is like, there's so much concrete in it, but it was like the facade of concrete. Like everything, like it wasn't really slabs of concrete. It was like these kind of stage props that kind of upset me. Um, but I kind of liked the form. I kind of thought it was interesting. I liked the mixture between the kind of sculpture, painting. Yeah, I don't know. It was, it was, I, I definitely was not, I think because everyone else was so appalled by it. <laughs> Did you not? Know, so it's like, you know, right on Shoreditch High Street, it's opposite Shoreditch House. It's above the pret And it has these big windows that look over the street. And the windows all had a painting in each of them. Like, it felt like, you know, going to like Harvey Nichols or Harrods, like they were window displays. And I think that just really hammered home how false it was and how salesy it was to me. And But I, but, but, but the whole point of London Gallery Weekend is sales, really, isn't it? Isn't that kind of... I don't why, know. Why the gal- like I, I, I was watching a talk this morning. On, so the, the art newspaper was their media partner. Yes. And a lot of this discussion is about sales and about how kind of sales suffered during COVID and how were they going to kind of uh, deal with that going forward. And Learning Gallery Weekend was kind of a solution to that. Um, yeah. But maybe they're being too crass with it. Because even like I was talking to one of the directors at Emily and they were saying that they usually don't have the window displays and that they did it particularly mm. for this. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> but like, but I suppose it's just, um, yeah, maybe they did intentionally make it more commercial for that reason. But yeah, I don't know. I think the works in themselves, they were interesting enough to not be appalled. I mean, I wasn't appalled. I think that's the thing. I don't think anything appalled me. Uh, you gave it one out of 10. Yeah. The goal, <laughs> the audacity and the gumption of them, <laughs> that gets a one. But it was boring. And I, I always think boring is the absolute worst thing you can be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think maybe one more that got a low score that I'd like to talk about was uh, Anka Kultis. Another one in an industrial estate. Oh, this was, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. This is a whole thing, isn't it? This is uh, Gretchen Andrew. Gretchen Andrew is a California-based, Los Angeles-based artist, which you can really tell in the works. Yeah, it's a good name, isn't it? Gretchen Andrew. Yeah, I don't know if I like them. Like these big chaotic canvases that kind of look like, you know, Phoebe Buffet's paintings from Friends, <laughs> but Kim Petras has made like her own. But 
yeah, it's Kim Petras does um, Phoebe Buffay's paintings from Friends, which I like. It's fun. I don't love them. I don't think I'd have them. Like, um, but they're fun. They're silly. And then there was the whole um, sort of pretense that that, that Gretchen Andrews um, is quite a talented programmer, uh, marketer, digital marketer, uh, and had completely ramped up uh, the SEO of her painting so that when you Google things like Freeze Art Form, the Turner Prize, the Whitney Biennale. Uh... So that's what they're all called, the works. And when you Google those, instead of getting like the official website, you get her painting. <laughs> yeah. I'm not too sure to what extent that is true. Like in the press release, they call it AI, not um, SEO. Yeah. So it's all about her working with AI. Um, and this person didn't go to art school or anything like that as well. Um, so it's kind of like she's kind of pictured as this like I don't know really cool LA hacker it kind of seems like she's hacking the art world she's hacking these websites she's putting herself into like art history in a really interesting and mind-blowing way and it's kind of like I don't know I think maybe maybe my grandparents might think something like that but like the reality of it is that's not really what's happening yeah I don't know if I call it interesting and mind-blowing um I don't even know if I like it like I say but I'd much rather have something like this, where I'm like, I don't think I like this. Or, yeah. you know, even to the other end of the spectrum, quite a few of the people, uh, Jacob and Coney, who we were with, both gave it a zero, hated it. Um, which is interesting because Jacob is is far more well-versed on digital things than we are. And uh, Coney has worked it in digital marketing and, and things like that before. So I, I find it really interesting that they, they really hate it. But it's much better than being boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually didn't... I actually liked the works in themselves before I mm. found out about all of this, like, hacking, AI, SEO, internet stuff. Um, I think the works themselves were fun. They were interesting. I liked the kind of composition. I liked the materiality of it. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, once I heard all this other stuff, I was kind of like, what, what the hell is going on here? The reason that we found out about all... Obviously, it's on the press release, but... Well, as we were there, one of the gallery people uh, was like, kind of placed himself into the middle of the gallery. He was like, who wants me to explain the work? <laughs> I then, love that. <laughs> I'm here. I'm ready to present. <laughs> and then somebody said yes. And then they launched off into this spiel. And up until that point, we had no idea. And we just thought it was, they were just static works. I like that. They wanted to prove themselves. Like, I think they were like the assistant and they were sat with Anka at the at the desk and they wanted to prove themselves. And I'm so here for that. Yeah, like 100%. And we I, we learned from it. And yeah, it was it was a fun experience. Um, but yeah. it's funny, it's, in, it's interesting as well how you can look at a work, you can be like in a gallery looking at stuff and have an idea about it. And then somebody comes along and tells you something about it or whatever and then it completely flips it and it completely changes yeah I really enjoyed that there were quite a few pieces like this sort of throughout the day like this more uh silly playful I'm thinking particularly of uh the work of public gallery mm, yes yeah, yeah, yeah. The strange little dog <laughs> the giant book that I you it. nearly ripped off uh, so the problem was, uh, so yeah, so it's like this big book. And so I think we think that the artist was there. And so like we thought it was like a sc- static sculpture, but then somebody came along, we think it's the artist and like 
turn the page. And I was like, oh, it's like this thing you can like turn the pages. And it was like, a, like I remember when I was a kid, I had a scrapbook like this. Um, and then the kind of images that were in this giant scrapbook were echoed in sculptors. Uh, in yeah. Mission, which is so lovely. But then the problem was that the front page is glued down, which I didn't realize. So it, I didn't damage anything, but I just... Yeah, so it's like here you can see there's like a picture of the tube, like mm -hmm. girls on the tube, and then that was sort of repeated. And then further up here, there was like a tiny little tube carriage, like <laughs> yeah. a cat. And like yeah. it kept repeating, and it was just so, it was cute, it was playful, it was so nice that the artist was there. It was so nice that like the really, uh, just the space, it, it was just, it was cute. It was lovely. Yeah, it was an amazing space, actually. Um, it's like, what, three floors? Mm-hmm. Um, and they had two exhibitions that were quite different, but... Yeah, the other one downstairs was... The, and there was a lot of this throughout the day. Uh, much more sort of, like, quiet painting. Mm -hmm. Very serious uh, painting. I don't know if it was very serious. No, maybe... This is very, I, I really like this photo of you, Jeff. It is very nice. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Rory. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I continue to do you a disservice with uh, taking photographs. Oh, don't worry. No one can take good photographs of me. Here's me with my weird mask that looks like, a, like an ill-fitting bra <laughs> for my face. Maybe, how did you actually just maybe briefly just talk about like going to galleries uh, with restrictions and stuff like that? Like, um, so everywhere, like, so we didn't need any bookings anywhere. Mm -mm. Um, face masks were worn and hand sanitizer mm -hmm. was provided. It was pretty simple, really, wasn't it? Where was the best hand sanitizer? Oh, I think in that one, the one that the AI tenter grounds. Yeah, that was a beautiful show. So that was one of our three top scorers. It was just really beautiful. It was a beautiful little space. Yeah, so um, it was like an, an offshoot of their gallery so it's like a project space as well i think and just like really gorgeous uh, photographs high grain black and white calm elegant love them yeah it was very ansel adams ansel adams it was quite ansel adamsy yeah um and it was nice to, so you had that kind of like very traditional photography but then you also had there were works where they were like painting with photo emulsion and things and developing onto that, which was quite interesting. Um, yeah. And then they had those other kind of collages with paint where they put paint onto uh, the photographs. So like, yeah, it kind of pushed it forward a bit, I think. Beautiful, elegant, refreshing. I say there's nothing worse than being bored. I think there's nothing better than being soothed and refreshed. I, you know, if I was sort of to, to rank it, I would put bored at the very bottom annoyed, don't like the art, <laughs> like the art, challenged by the art, and then just soothed and won with the art as like the absolute maximum experience. That's gorgeous. <laughs> I find it quite interesting that bored and like at peace with the art are my two extremes. <laughs> yeah, they're both quite like low vibrations. Yeah. Would you sort of rank things similarly or uh, nah, I'm not really am I that... talking up my ass? No, I'm not like being soothed by stuff in that moment. Like, like these paints or these uh, photographs, I wasn't that interested in, to be honest. Like, I, they're grand. They're mm -hmm. nice. But like I wasn't, like I think my extremes would be like 
a lot more harsh, I think. And like the upper scale, I want to be like absolutely enthralled. I want to be like mind blown. Like I, yeah, like a, a far more like physicality, I think, than being suited. I mean, what was your favorite thing that we saw? My favorite? Yeah. Um, I like the ones that kind of stick out to me are like Mother's Tank Station, like that kind of street, I think, where you had Mother's Tank Station, Maureen Paley, and what was the uh, project, project Native Informant? Yeah, so the Mother's Tank Station, the Irish gallery showing the Irish painter. Who, who was the painter? Mm, let me just consult my documents. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so the artist was uh, Matt Bollinger. But they were these, they were these really lovely paintings. They, they are paintings, but they have sort of the quality of a, uh, a lino print. Uh, in terms of sort of their 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 application, these very sad looking Irish looking people, like you know, they've got like those <laughs> Irish eyes. I can say that because I have Irish eyes. Thank you. Um, <laughs> just beautiful, and the people were so lovely. They they felt to me to be uh, they're kind of like a little bit illustrative, maybe. Yeah, and also quite cinematic, and that's kind of interesting because they also had a video. Um, of the kind of painting process. It was, it was almost like a stop motion. To me, I get a little bit like jarred, I suppose, when you have a painting show and then you have like a video. It takes yeah. away like a sense of like, it's like the paintings aren't enough. So here's a video. I didn't think it was necessary in this context. I think the paintings were strong enough and they were really big as well, which I thought was really nice. And it was really interesting that they were sort of like, they were quite illustrative, but big. Like yeah. they really played with that sort of idea. Yeah, I really like that one. Um, that one, what that scored um 27.5, one of the highest ones. Yeah. That was the second of our high scorers. Yeah. Oh, actually, soft opening was another one, but that one got 27, not 27.5. Who dragged soft opening down? Oh god, it was me. I dragged soft <laughs> opening down. So Rory gave 5.5, which was the lowest, which I'm quite surprised by because. I thought it had everything you love. <laughs> yeah, it was cute little paintings. It was it was fine. It was cute. It was a bit again, it was quite cinematic. Mm-hmm. I did notice that throughout, like even with the sculpture works and with uh, Nicoletti, which we'll get to in a minute, there was a real sense of of, of cinema and narrative at quite a few of the shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and I think coming off the back of our discussion of Two Lizards by Orion Barkey and Marion Banani last week, that feels really interesting, this desire by artists not just to prompt questions, but to tell stories. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, which, yeah, it really meant quite a lot. Like these paintings, paintings I feel like, were very cool. Do you know they were very like trendy? Oh, they were very, very cool. Yeah. I think the whole you know what they were like cool, really. Did you see that uh Tom Ford film? Yeah. Um uh, Nocturnal Animals. Yeah, but that, that, that was the cowboy one, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these are the type of paintings that Amy Adams sold in that film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Yes, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a bit dark, a bit cool. You know, yeah. she's wearing she's wearing her Prada. She's selling these paintings to the, <laughs> to the Silver Lake people. 
yes in los angeles it's very that yeah, and um, I think that what kind of adds to that is that as we were in the gallery, there were like very wealthy people doing the art ooh. talk about it, and that kind of maybe has added to our experience of the work. Yeah, that was absolutely fascinating. So while we were in that sort of area, like around Mother's Sensation Herald, there was someone who was quite clearly an advisor in like the most beautiful green suit. Yeah showing around like a group of like slightly older like middle-aged people and I, I'm fairly certain they were on like a buying tour there was there was a real sense of that energy to it which yeah. is weird you don't often see that in East London yeah 100% um yeah it, it was it was quite strange and they kind of we ended up in the same galleries uh, a few times with those people yeah um and they definitely i think peppered the experience of what was going on in a good way or a bad way i suppose it just kind of contextualized it in the reality of like, the art market and stuff like that it, mm. it kind of took it out of just being like oh we're in the gallery like that it's like oh actually no this is like uh, a selling place this is business do you know which it is yeah obviously but it just made it more apparent, I suppose. Yeah, because I know you often have sort of mixed feelings about the incorporation of, of the market into sort of what we see. And I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I often feel like you quite like to draw a delineation between art that is for sale and art <laughs> that is interesting. Yeah, I think I, I still maintain like a, like a romantic idea of what art is and can be. And mm. I like to see it sometimes separated from the market to for it to be something other than just um, a commodity. Yeah. Um, but also I find it interesting to hold the market as well, but I still do like to think of it separate from it. I mean, to me, they very, they very much exist at the same time. They do, yeah. But I suppose, I think maybe I look at it more for, from like an artist's point of view. You know, mm. like are artists making work because they're interested in something because they want to do it or are they making it to sell? And I think a lot of artists aren't, are kind of in the former why but, can't you do both yeah no well i think if you're doing both you're kind of selling out and uh, not selling out but you're making work as was from a different place and i think a lot of artists once you get gallery representation all that kind of stuff you have to like you're in that kind of model now um i think you can get there and you can get to the place where you're making uninteresting work but i think a lot of artists are really able to continue making exciting beautiful work that happens to be for sale yeah you know of course and that, that, that's like the whole point you know people that's how people need to eat and things but yeah i suppose i just sometimes like to look at it without the messiness of the market i wonder actually if that's what i there was something quite cold about the paintings at soft opening that i didn't get from from the paintings at project native informant mm-hmm. which were like these beautiful haunting oils uh, this one here, this sort of like uh, house of mirrors fantasy that really gave me, you know, us and uh, Suspiria, the the Argento, no, not the Argento, the the Luca Guadagnino remake of Suspiria. Again, very cinematic. Yeah, this one was so you. Honestly, I walked into this <laughs> exhibition with Jacob, and I said, if Roy doesn't like this, I will eat my mask. <laughs> I kind of wish I didn't like it now because I'd love to see you eat your mask. Um, <clears throat> no, I, 
I loved it. This felt like someone who was passionate. This felt like someone who was really exploring their ideas in a way that I don't think I got from Soft Opening. Like, who were who the artists? Who were the artists at Soft Opening and at uh, Native Informant? Let me just consult um, my, uh, my um, paperwork here. Um, oh, actually, Soft Openings had this, had this lovely piece. Oh my god, that was beautiful. So it's a it's a a leaflet. Uh and it has embossed at the bottom. So it's the press release, but it's sort of yeah, done. Do you remember being kids and like on was it Microsoft Word or or one of those programs? There was like a preset that would create a leaflet like that that you could fold in three. Yes. God, I use that all the time at like primary school for presentations. I was like, <laughs> look at my leaflet with my my multicolored fonts. <laughs> oh, that, that that must have been fun for everybody. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I was I was a twat of a child. Oh, we all were. So, soft opening was Shannon Cartier Lucy, and it's called Cake on the Floor. Shannon yeah. Cartier Lucy, and then Great they had name. a they had the quote. It's my party and I'll cry if I want to, cry if I want to, cry if I want to. You were quite <laughs> too if that happened to you. Very cool, very cool. Very um, cool. And what am I looking for? You're looking for Native Informant. Is this Native Informant? Yes. Yes. Great little logo. Yeah. Okay, uh, Joseph. Yeah, Joseph Yeager. That's really interesting because normally I don't like men. <laughs> I don't like men's art, I should clarify. Um, so you thought that the artist was not a man? Yeah, they felt a lot like uh, Elizabeth Payton's paintings. So now what do you think? Now I hate it. <laughs> Believe it or not, <laughs> the gender of the artist doesn't change my opinion. Um, but no, there was, like, I think because they felt so much like Elizabeth Payton's yeah, yeah, work, yeah. I did think they were hers at the beginning. I loved them. I thought they were beautiful. And again, so cinematic. Yeah, 100%. And what was the, the last gallery kind of on that? on that role freehouse that was interesting as well i think that there was something what was that was very cool that felt like a shop front that someone yeah, just and, moved and I feel like that, like, that artist like, it looked very like la very cool as well like you can imagine like celebrities buying this stuff i i mean technically i love these these huge canvases that had then had uh so these are i think they're three i think they're four yeah. color screen prints of these sunglasses that have then been painted around um, and then sort of like around the actual sunglasses they've been very carefully blocked off and painted around and the rest of it's just been like nah 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 yeah. big washes of paint it was fun it was cool yeah. it was Job quick in. easy simple it's the sort of thing that you can do at like a gallery weekend because you know someone's just going to drop in and be like oh nice and yeah. leave. You know, it was good it was good I, I think that whole cluster was but, yeah. probably the best not the best maybe but like the one that I enjoyed the most and then our very last gallery, the third one that got a full 27 and a half points. And again, super cinematic and narrative was the show at, at Nicoletti uh, that we had to put on little shoe covers for, like we were going to the swimming pool. Tell me your thoughts. Tell me, tell me about the artist. What does the press release say? Give me, give me the lowdown. <laughs> I think... As a person who doesn't know much, this is very kind of like science heavy. This is very like, you know, they're talking a lot about like technology and AI again. And it's like, as somebody who doesn't really know much about it, I don't really think it's uh, that sciencey or that. I don't really think it's saying much about AI really. Like it's, 
it's using kind of technology and things, but I don't think it's really saying much about it or moving it forward. I mean, from what I could tell, it was it's a completely white space, really beautiful light, like very softly diffused, quite yellow light. And then these sculptures, these like half human forms, these glass boxes filled with mist and dripping water. Um, and then these diffused hidden images of what I thought were sort of pornography um, on digital screens, but completely obscured by mist. In the, in the very back, there was this absolutely beautiful, quite odd chair. So I think this chair that you can see here in the image, if you're watching this live um, or on IGTV, it looks like a sun lounger but at the height of a doctor's table. Mm -hmm. So I think it's probably like a constructed piece uh, that had this uh, bust of the body of a person, I think made out of graphite and above it, uh, an instrument that, that appears like a drip that was slowly dropping water or a, a clear liquid onto the bust. It might've been something else actually. Uh, and disintegrating it so there was like a big like drop in the middle where the water had getting away and then there was like a charcoal spray all on the floor around it it was it was interesting right. it was very like there was a definite narrative about body about corporeality um it felt medical i like those things but i don't know was it a bit tacky um and all, I just, just just to talk about the images it just says here on the press release that uh, dissimulated in gas tanks filled with boiling water, these AIs engage in a process of deep learning whereby they decompose the downloaded images into individual pixels, which they then redistribute within a continuous flow of merging bodies projected on a screen. It's like, is that necessary? Well, actually, in a very rare instance, that press really? release makes me like the work more. Yeah, so you have AIs doing not dissimilar work to the work that the steam was doing. So the steam was blurring and distorting the bodies and the water was destroying the, the graphite bust at the same time that the AIs were digitally eroding the images. And I think it says a lot about sort of the confluence of tech and uh, naturality. Yeah. I, I, I think my favourite bits were the ones where there was sculpture kind of body parts that were cast and then the tanks were kind of put into them those were definitely like my favorite parts of it um yeah so yeah so we're already 55 minutes in and yeah. i feel like uh we time has just flown um we were going to chat about one of the artists that sent us work but should we wait for next week to do that if we're already kind of running late let's wait for next week to do that because uh, we've actually got quite a few submissions so we might talk about a bunch of them all together do keep sending them we we're really loving looking at them and we're really looking forward to talking about them before we go, last thoughts on London Gallery Weekend. Yes, more of it, please. I think it's great. Uh, I think it's, it's a great way to figure out a new area of London, new areas, new galleries. Um, yeah, I, I, I think long may it rain. What do you think? I enjoyed it a lot. Um, mm -hmm. I wish it was a gallery week because there was no way. And yeah. I mean, you'd have to be seeing 50 galleries a day because it was on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there are 140 galleries, you'd have to be seeing 50 a day. It, it would be a huge undertaking yeah. um, and incredibly draining and yeah. not a very satisfying way to see art, I don't think. So I wish it was on a bit longer. 
I wonder going forward, will galleries in certain areas, like remember for, uh, first Thursdays, Thursdays and stuff, will galleries start to have their openings on the same time at the, at the same weekends yeah. maybe so that people can kind of have offshoots of going to gallery weekend? I really hope so. I'd really love that. Yeah, it'd be great, wouldn't it? Like say the third, third weekend of the month, everything opens yeah. at the same time. Yeah, I really felt there was there was quite interesting um, sort of balances going on with the gallery. So there were some who were clearly viewing it very much as like a sales opportunity. And there were some who were really leaning into the the celebratory nature of, uh, of it. There were quite a few that I felt really successfully balanced it um, and were able mm-hmm. to show interesting, exciting work that like, you know, deserved to be seen, maybe wasn't sort of high profile enough to go to to work to a big fair or something in in a holistic way yeah. like maybe you'd bring one or two of the paintings um yeah i and i i think something like this is a really beautiful opportunity to to bridge that gap yeah 100 percent. and i hope that continues going forward yeah yeah absolutely oh. right it's been wonderful it's been absolutely gorgeous and it's a gorgeous day um yeah and i'm so looking forward to talking to you again next week i've been rory i've been jeff and we talk about art uh catches <laughs> on igtv uh all our previous episodes are up there catches wherever you listen to podcasts this episode will be out as a podcast on wednesday um and we'll be back next week we've got a few more episodes this series before we, we go away for the summer um it's an absolute pleasure jeff have a great rest of your day Rory and Jeff Talk About Art is a weekly conversation between Rory P. Brooks and Jeff Coe, produced by Jacob Watmore and edited by me, Rory P. Brooks. You can keep up with us on Instagram at Rory and Jeff, where you can also see the full live stream of this week's chat and get updates on new episodes. If you've liked what you've heard, remember to subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast and we'll be back. New episodes of Rory and Jeff Talk About Art come out every Wednesday.